What a what a privilege to be here. I this morning um, I'm going to share a few things with you. But first of all, I'm just going to share a little bit of uh, a testimony, an amazing testimony I heard this week, and it, it's um, a little emotional in a way. Last year. Uh, sometime, I don't know the people directly involved in this, but indirectly, I have a friend concerned with this. There was an accident where uh, there was a family traveling somewhere, mum, dad, and two little children, one of them a baby. And the accident occurred, and mum was trapped in the car, and... Dad was able to get out. The children were unhurt. The paramedics and the uh, uh, firemen worked to get the lady out of the car for two hours. Wow. She was (coughs) pretty well dead. But in that two hours according to one of the paramedics who called this lady's husband just recently he called this guy and said you know checking up on things and he said while we were trying to get your wife out of the wreckage among us there was a sense of panic and things were not going well and then you that is the man who was standing watching this, started to praise God. You imagine, you got your wife possibly dead in the car and your two children in there as well. And and you are able to praise God in that situation. The paramedic said that as soon as you started to praise, things started to go together and go well for us to get your wife out of the car. This paramedic is not a believer. The lady was taken to hospital and she died twice and she was without a pulse for a quarter of an hour they managed to get a pulse going again and they were trying to keep her going so they could use her body parts They hooked her up to some machine that told them that there was some brain function. The surgeon told the husband there was no chance. The husband told... (coughs) Sorry told the surgeon there was chance 
he believed in prayer. The surgeon said, there is no chance I believe in science. At this point, Margaret and I knew nothing of any of this. But one day we were uh, just heading somewhere in the truck or car and we just thought we should go and see a friend in Truro who we've not actually visited in his house for maybe 10 years. And the Holy Spirit obviously prompted us to go. And when we got there, his friend told us about the situation of his friend's wife who is in critical condition who likely as far as the medical profession is concerned there was no chance for her to ever have a normal life again because of brain injury and other things and we were able to share with our friend because we had seen someone close, fairly, is fairly close to us, who had had a serious brain injury in a car accident. And we'd seen God completely heal them. So you wouldn't know they'd ever had an accident. And we shared with this friend how God had dealt with the situation and it's very different you know when Jesus was healing people he he just spoke and they were healed and I know we have the Holy Spirit but I'm not Jesus and with the instance we saw we prayed for little things one at a time different stages of healing it's easier sometimes to pray that somebody would be able to regain their speech than it is to believe they're going to get all their functions all at once and so we encourage this friend of ours to focus on small things to see what God wanted the next small thing to be And this was just before Christmas sometime. I'm not sure exactly when it was. And I spoke to my friend yesterday. This lady has got almost everything back. Amen. She has got a twitch in one leg. She is doing um, physio. She is able to carry her baby. She is able to remember everything except the accident. Mm. And she has a little bit of anxiety. And apparently uh, her husband was taking her in for a hospital checkup and the surgeon who believed in science walked past. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And the husband spoke to him and he stopped and he looked at this woman and he said, is it really her? 
Father, you are such a good dad. And we just want to thank you for your wonderful power and who you are. I shared that because your verse of the week was from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 14. And this was God speaking to um, his people who were in, they'd been taken captive and taken away from their country. And they were exiles. This is what the Lord says. Sorry, I'm starting wrong here. 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. That those verses God spoke to us, to Margaret and I, before we moved to Canada. And although they were written for the exiles, this, those verses are still alive today. It is the whole nature of God for his people. We're going to move across to John 17. John 17, verse 6 to 19. And this is where Jesus is praying for his disciples. Now, this was the guys that he had with him at the time, but I claim to be one of his disciples too, and you can make that claim too. So we can tap into this prayer. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, 
Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. of you. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Sanctified, according to my Bible, means set apart for sacred use or make holy. So we're to be, Jesus is praying that we would be set apart for sacred use. Verse 20 in the same chapter to 26. And this is where Jesus is praying for all believers. We tap into that one as well. I'm just greedy. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may, may they also be in us, so the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. So Jesus is praying for us here and I think it gives us a little bit of a understanding of the heart of God towards us. We, we read in Jeremiah about the plan to prosper us and not to harm us. 
and the whole Father heart of God towards us is that we might be able to live in this world in relationship with him not separate from the world not cut off from what's going on around us but actually right in it You know, uh, years ago, the Lord brought a neighbour of ours to himself. There was, a, there was a man actually that lived next door to us, and he was he's quite a, a famous man in, in our locality. And... I have actually at home a, a concordance for my Bible that he and his wife gave me and I had it out when I was preparing for today. And in the cover it says, um, with love from Mark and Trish. And this man, a couple years ago, was named as one of the 20 richest men in the southwest of England. Jesus. But back then he was living in a house next to us. He didn't know he didn't know the Lord at that point. And we didn't know them at all. And God put on our heart to pray for them. And so we started to pray for them. And he was on a round Britain yacht race. We didn't really know this at the time, but his wife had been to a Billy Graham crusade and given her life to the Lord Amen. and sent her husband off on his sailing adventure with some literature. And he also gave his life to the Lord. And they went to a Baptist church in our local town. And a lot of people tried to change him. When, I, I think it is really, really sad when God saves somebody who is in a situation of great influence or even in a situation of little influence mm -hmm. and he comes down and he saves them in that situation and Us smart Christians think, oh, they need to get out of the life they're in when God has actually saved them in the life they're in so that they can bring others to Christ within that life. And we need to be aware that when someone comes to Christ, that they need our love and support 
where they are. Yes. Right where they are. They have more influence where they are. Yes. Their fellow workers, <coughs> the people they see every day, will notice the difference. I know that somehow, sometimes, we think we know best, but sometimes we don't. And we need to really trust God Jesus prayed that not for us to be taken out of the world but that we would be able to function in the world. And I think it is very important. Most of my friends, my good friends are not Christians. And I'm really grateful for the fact. But I am also praying for them. Yes. It's not that I'll dump them once they're Christians. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fantastic to have non-Christian friends. If they're a real friend, they won't pull you down. If they're trying to pull you down, they're not your friend. I have some non-Christian friends that used to... One particular guy used to take every opportunity to make fun of me, often in front of other people because I'm a Christian. I was in his uh, hunting lodge in the fall, I may have told you guys this, and I was really embarrassed. He ha he's a wealthy man and he has a nice little hunting lodge and he has a lot of people from Halifax come up at the weekends. And conversation around the table went off in an ungodly direction. And this man, who is not a godly man by any means, took control of the conversation immediately and the person responsible for steering it the wrong way basically got threatened with being thrown out because you don't talk like that in front of John. <coughs> and I was really embarrassed. But I, I was aware that the Holy Spirit is at work in that friend of mine. Mm. Amen. And I really believe that we're going to see that man come to the Lord one day. So Jesus is praying for us that we would be effective in the world. He has got a plan for our lives. One of the things that um, 
makes life a little bit difficult if you take that word seriously. If you take those verses seriously. If you ask God, you know, are these verses for me from Jeremiah? And he says, well, actually, John, they are for you. That sets us a little bit responsible in finding out what is God's plan for our life. Um, the beautiful thing about God is he has his own timetable. And it isn't ours. And the annoying thing, Scripture says somewhere, somebody might know where it is, a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. So, you know, to us, 24 hours is a long time. But it isn't to God. So his plans that he has for us can take a long time to materialize. When I believe God called me to come to Canada, it was actually 19 years before I came. So, and at 18 and a, at 18 plus years, I gave up. And then God opened the door for us to come. So his plans for us are hard to fathom sometimes. But if you ask him, what is your plan for my life? Please, and if you really mean it, what is, Lord, I believe you do have a plan for me. What is it? You will find that it will include things you want to do and that you're able to do. but things that God wants you to do as well. <clears throat> what time do you want me to finish by? Okay, I know there's somebody here got an opinion. <laughs> I just don't want to go on too long. John 14. Verses 1 to 4. This is Jesus comforting his disciples. But we can tap into this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going.
So, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. You know, a lot of us, in a lot of situations, get upset, get anxious, and our hearts are troubled. And very often the situations we're in warrant being worried. But we're told here by Jesus to just trust in those situations. It's a lot easier to say, for me to say, don't let your heart be troubled. (coughs) I've had a troubled heart on many occasions, been anxious on many occasions. And I've also trusted God on many occasions. And there's a lot of difference in the outcome between being troubled and been trusting. In John 14, verses 10 to 14, I'm going to just read that. This is Jesus speaking again. And this is something we really need to get a handle on. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, the reality is, I have not experienced that to the full, anything like. The reality is that that word is true. Because Jesus spoke it. As I, when I started this morning, I told you about that lady who was in the accident, and that my faith level was for little things. According to this, we can have a faith level for big things. Mm -hmm. 
But I would encourage you to really seek God and to ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you should aim. I don't know if any of you guys here use guns. I do. A lot. My son is a builder and he was working on the house with a crew of guys doing the roof here a couple years ago and I still had sheep. And every day I would carry a rifle because of the coyotes. And they would stand on the roof and laugh at me because wherever I went, I had a gun in my hand. There's one thing about a rifle that I've learned recently, that if you set up a target close at about 15, 20 yards for a high-powered rifle, it will still hit the target within an 8-inch circle at 200 yards if it's something like a 303 or a 308 so when you aim low you can still hit the target if you aim at 100 yards at something and you've practiced aiming low, you can still hit the target. And if the target's at 200 yards, you can still hit the target. So, if we can ask for a little miracle, and God is gracious to perform that miracle for us by the power of his spirit we can go out to a hundred yards we can go out to two hundred yards and still hit the target because the power of God to do a little miracle is no different to the power of God to do a big miracle. <laughs> Father, help us. Because a miracle is a miracle. I would encourage you to seek God when uh, something comes up not to be hasty not to rush in even to back away if you see there's someone hurting and needs a miracle back away and ask Jesus what do you want what do you want and don't go beyond what you believe he's showing you to do Jesus said I do what the Father shows me if Jesus 
felt that it was right just to do what the Father showed him. I don't think we can go beyond that. I think we need to ask Father in each situation, what do you want me to do in this situation? And do it in the name of Jesus and leave it to him. Don't sweat it. I honestly believe that sometimes I know that sometimes that we can speak a word that is straight from God into a situation and it will change somebody's life in a positive way forever and I think this morning I'm going to stop there. Father, we just want to thank you that you're an awesome God, that you're a loving God, that you have a plan for our life. Our plan is to do good for us, is not to harm us. I just thank you that you want us to have a relationship with yourself and your Father and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Father God, we thank you that you would include us in that kingdom of yours. And this morning, Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would come for anyone in this room right now who has a physical problem that you would come and just touch them in a wonderful way to bring healing and restoration that they will know today. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.